Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger. Feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Welcome to the Medicine Path Podcast. I'm your host, Brian James. On episode 13 of the podcast, I had a conversation with Robert Tyndall, who's a professor of literature specializing in mythology. We got into a discussion about the hero's journey, which is an archetypal framework that underlies many myths from around the world. It was first laid out by comparative mythologist Joseph Campbell in the late 1940s, and has since been used as a template for many books and movies, most notably the Star Wars series. We didn't have enough time on the podcast to go into it in much detail, so I thought it would be good to dive a little deeper into it 
and through sharing some of my own experiences, look at how it could be used as a map to find meaning in our transformative life experiences, whether that's with psychedelics, through spiritual practice, or really any other kind of vision quest or pilgrimage. As Robert pointed out, the hero's journey is really an initiatory journey, charting the progress from childhood to young adulthood and centered around some sort of transformative experience. As we touched on in the podcast, because we don't have rites of initiation in our modern Western culture, people can often end up living in a state of extended adolescence that lasts until some sort of conscious or unconscious initiation experience takes place. A recent study published by the journal Child Development shows that teenagers now are dating less, having less sex, working less, and driving less than they did 20 years ago. Jean Twenge, professor of psychology at San Diego State, comments, Our results show that it's probably not that today's teens are more virtuous or more lazy, it's just that they're less likely to do adult things. Quoted in the same article in Scientific American, Columbia University psychiatrist Mirjana Domaconda says, 25 is the new 18, and delayed adolescence is no longer a theory, but a reality. American poet and mythologist Robert Bly wrote about this phenomenon back in 1996 in his excellent book with a terrible title, The Sibling Society. I revisited that book for this podcast, and I found it incredibly relevant to what we see happening with young people today. The back cover of the book reads, At the close of the 20th century, adults have regressed toward adolescence, while adolescents refuse to become adults. Respect for elders has given way to the furious competition of peers and siblings who strive not to be good or great, but to be famous. Community has been supplanted by TV and the internet. Where have all the grown-ups gone? End quote. With the continued growth of technology, social media, and celebrity-worshipping culture, much of what he observed 20 years ago has become even more pronounced. When I open my Facebook or Instagram feed, I see scores of 25 to 50-year-olds who are struggling with issues around lack of self-worth and finding a sense of purpose and meaning in their life. These are issues that come up for most of us in our adolescence, and the fact that people are still wrestling with them into their middle age, in my opinion, points to a need for initiation. A good initiation ritual is intended to help the young person find their spiritual center, cast aside the dependencies of childhood, and develop a sense of who they are and what their place in the world is. The template for an effective initiation ritual goes something like this. The child is taken from their home, torn from the arms of their wailing mother, who is totally playing along with the drama, taken to an isolated place away from the village by older men or women, depending on the gender of the child, for a certain amount of time. Often, the teenager will have to undergo some kind of terrifying or difficult ordeal. After facing their fears and displaying courage, strength, and independence, they will have earned their place as an adult member of the society. They'll then be reintroduced into the community, sometimes with a new name or visual indicator of their status as adult, and be given some new responsibility or role and prepared for marriage. So what the current studies are perhaps pointing to, and what I've learned from my own experience, is that when we don't have this kind of initiation experience to help us transition to adulthood, we can remain in a prolonged state of adolescence forever 
unless something comes along and shakes us up enough that we wake up. And this is where the hero's journey begins, with the call to adventure. The call comes in many forms. Sometimes it's a life-threatening illness, loss of job or spouse, or some other catastrophe in one's life that shakes them out of their normal, everyday unconscious pattern of behavior. For me, it was a growing dissatisfaction with my life that became acute around the age of 35. I hated my job, even though it paid very well. I was experiencing heightened levels of stress, I didn't sleep well, and it was causing strain in my marriage. I was drinking too much, staying up too late, and using drugs fairly recklessly. Eventually, it got to the point where I was sick and tired of feeling miserable. I woke up one day and realized I needed to make some big changes. And this was my call, felt as an internal conflict and dis-ease, a sense of disconnection between who I knew myself to be, or at least what my potential was, and the life that I'd created for myself. This sense of disease was something I'd been living with for years, but had been suppressing or momentarily transcending by self-medicating with drugs and alcohol, intense exercise, busyness, and so many other escapes. It's amazing how resourceful and creative we can be when we want to avoid confronting something painful. I thought I did a pretty good job of hiding my internal struggle, but once I started to wake up to my own suffering and confront it honestly, I saw that it was clearly echoed in the conflicts I felt in the relationships with my co-workers, friends, family, and my wife. And this new awareness was my call, my inspiration, to make some big changes in my life. I feel like when the call to initiation happens later in life, it's a cry from the soul to wake up and finish the job of growing up, to take responsibility not only for your own life, but to expand your consciousness beyond adolescent self-centeredness, to include a sense of responsibility and obligation to your family, community, and the planet as a whole. The next stage is answering the call to adventure. And many people receive the call, but ignore it or refuse it for one reason or another. Those who ignore it are doomed to a life without meaning, purpose, and fulfillment. Joseph Campbell writes about this. He says, Refusal of the summons converts the adventure into its negative. Walled in boredom, hard work, or culture, the subject loses the power of significant affirmative action and becomes a victim to be saved. His flowering world becomes a wasteland of dry stones, and his life feels meaningless. Even though, like King Minos, he may, through titanic effort, succeed in building an empire or renown. Whatever house he builds, it will be a house of death, a labyrinth of cyclopean walls to hide from him his minotaur. All he can do is create new problems for himself and await the gradual approach of his disintegration. <laughs> This resonates with me, especially the part about creating new problems for himself. According to the hero's journey, once the call is answered, a mentor or guide will appear. This mentor may provide the hero with magical talismans or artifacts that will aid him or her on their quest. And I'll add that the mentor might also provide the journeyer with a life-sustaining and life-enriching practice of some sort, like yoga, martial arts training, or meditation, which can serve as a kind of talisman, giving the bearer of this secret knowledge strength and clarity. Looking back on my own life through the lens of the hero's journey, 
I can see that I probably felt the call to awakening and healing much earlier in my teens and early 20s when I started exploring yoga, mysticism, and psychedelics. But because I didn't have a mentor, I made a lot of missteps. And as Robert Tyndall suggests, a failed initiation often turns into addiction. For me, this inability to complete my self-directed and largely unconscious attempts at initiation, and probably healing, resulted in a deep existential pain that manifested as the reckless use of alcohol and drugs, failed relationships, anger, and bouts of depression and anxiety that lasted through my 20s and early 30s. When I finally answered the call and sought out help, I found mentors that could guide me through a healing process, which I feel is a kind of initiation, overcoming the trauma sustained in our childhood, claiming our personal power, and refusing to be a victim to be saved, as Joseph Campbell put it. The first mentor I found was a male therapist who listened to my problems with complete acceptance and empathy. Through months of dream analysis, he helped me to listen to what my soul was trying so desperately to tell me. At some point, he suggested I try taking psilocybin mushrooms in an intentional way, which I'd never done before, and it ended up being a beautiful healing experience where I reconnected to my sense of creativity, joy, and playfulness. After I gave my positive report, he invited me to a ceremony with a local Santo Daime church, which is a tradition that originated in Brazil, and they use ayahuasca as a sacrament. In that first ceremony, I underwent a profound experience of death and rebirth when I was thrown out of my chair and lost consciousness for a period of time. After I struggled back to my place in the circle, I was welcomed with loving kindness and acceptance by a group of men who then guided me through the rest of the ritual. It was an archetypal initiation experience, and after that I felt renewed and reconnected to the mystery and wonder of life that I knew as a child. After that first ceremony, I no longer felt the desire to drink myself drunk every night, and I renewed my exploration of yoga and psychology with greater purpose and dedication. Soon after that, I started to make big changes in my life. I quit my job, we moved to the West Coast, and I started to focus more on things that brought me real joy in life. Things like yoga, making music, woodworking, and time in nature. On the West Coast, I continued to attend ceremonies with the Santo Daimi, and I explored other shamanic traditions from the indigenous traditions of North America. The stage of the hero's journey following the meeting of the mentor is the crossing of the threshold into the abyss, the entering into a space of darkness and unknowing. And looking back, I can see that every ceremony I participated in was a crossing of the threshold. But now, with the perspective of many years past, I think that there was a period of a few years where I was dwelling in that space of darkness and unknowing, undergoing an extended stage of transformation. In that time, I met another mentor, an older man who I chose as my yoga teacher. He became, for a time, what Robert Bly refers to as a second father, one that was able to give me the blessings and encouragement that my own father was unable to. He initiated me into the spiritual life that I'd yearned for since I was a young boy, a yearning never quite fulfilled due to the lack of spirituality in not only my own family, but in the society I was raised in. And through my relationship with him, I received the nourishment that I needed in order to become self-actualized, to stand on my own. After that, I discovered that my relationship with my own father had transformed. I was able to see him in a new light and honor all the sacrifices he made, 
denying in some part his own need to become self-actualized to provide for our family. I was able to feel great appreciation for him and to also find new depths of forgiveness. This stage of the journey can have many different aspects to it, as outlined by Joseph Campbell and others, but it can be summarized as a perilous venturing into the shadowy unknown to undergo a series of tests and trials that leads one to a profound consciousness-altering realization and achievement of the ultimate goal of the quest. If we look at the hero's journey as a path of initiation, the goal would be the transformation of the adolescent into an adult. Due to the lack of initiation in our modern culture, someone can find themselves receiving the call to initiation in middle age or even later. At some men's groups that I've attended, there have been men in their 60s and 70s who are just beginning to confront the childhood traumas that have kept them in an extended adolescence throughout their entire lives. The final stage following transformation is the return. Joseph Campbell describes it like this. When the hero quest has been accomplished through penetration to the source or through the grace of some male or female, human or animal personification, the adventurer still must return with his life-transmuting trophy. The full round, the norm of the monomyth, requires that the hero shall now begin the labor of bringing the runes of wisdom, the golden fleece, or his sleeping princess, back into the kingdom of humanity, where the boon may contribute to the renewing of the community, the nation, the planet, or the 10,000 worlds. But the responsibility has been frequently refused. Even Gautama Buddha, after his triumph, doubted whether the message of realization could be communicated, and saints are reported to have died while in the supernal ecstasy. Numerous, indeed, are the heroes fabled to have taken up residence forever in the blessed isle of the unaging goddess of immortal being. End quote. Some people, after venturing to the jungles of the Amazon or the ashrams of India or Thailand on their own hero's journey, never return to where they came from. And I can relate to the reluctance to leave a world where magic, wonder, and deep spiritual connection are a way of life. Again, I'm quoting from Campbell here. The returning hero, to complete his adventure, must survive the impact of the world. Many failures attest to the difficulties of this life-affirmative threshold. The first problem of the returning hero is to accept as real, after an experience of the soul-satisfying vision of fulfillment, the passing joys and sorrows, banalities, and noisy obscenities of life. Why re-enter such a world? Why attempt to make plausible or even interesting to men and women consumed with passion the experience of transcendental bliss? As dreams that were momentous by night may seem simply silly in the light of day, so the poet and the prophet can discover themselves playing the idiot before a jury of sober eyes. The easy thing is to commit the whole community to the devil and retire again into the heavenly rock dwelling, close the door, and make it fast. End quote. The trick, as I see it, is to become what Campbell calls a master of two worlds, achieving a balance between the material and the spiritual. As Jesus said, to be in the world, but not of it. To return to the mundane world and reintegrate into it without losing what was gained, now bearing the gift of earned adulthood, and with it the wisdom and sense of responsibility to the larger community that will one day allow you to be a true mentor and elder. And it is a responsibility, because we can see in our own lives how the lack of mentors and elders has held us back from reaching our potential to live a fulfilling and purposeful life. 
We can see the actions of school shooters and men like Harvey Weinstein and Donald Trump as the actions of men stuck in an extended adolescence who have never been initiated into a spiritual life, never been held accountable for their actions by a mentor, or received the blessings of an elder. I personally can't think of a better purpose in this life than to not only wake up, but to do the growing up I need to do in order to become a mentor or elder worthy of that title and responsibility. Over and above all that, there's said to be a grief in men that has no cause. It's simply there. And it's a part of the whole male being. And ordinarily, we don't receive permission to be in that grief. In fact, early on, many of us were appointed to be the cheerful ones in the household. And you know, boys are not allowed to feel pain. You're supposed to have a stiff upper lip. Well, pain and grief are close enough to each other, so that if you repress one, you probably repress the other. Well, Antonio Machado was a great poet, Spanish poet, and here's a poem of his that I love a lot. The wind one brilliant day called to my soul with an odor of jasmine. And the wind said, in return for the odor of my jasmine, I'd like all the odor of your roses. Chato was about 35 at the time. He'd been working as a high school teacher for two or three years. He wasn't sure he had a soul. And he said, I have no roses. All the flowers in my garden are dead. Then the wind said, well, then I'll take the yellow leaves and I'll take the withered petals. And the wind left. And I wept. And I said to myself, what have you done with the garden that was entrusted to you? Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're 
you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.